Well, today I'm going to finish up our, our short series called Connect to the Lamb. As I began this series two weeks ago, I encouraged you to make sure that you were connected, truly connected to Jesus, the Lamb. And many of you stood and, and made a, a new recommitment to Jesus. And I talked about the fact that every man and every woman and every house needs Jesus, the Lamb, in their hearts and in their house. And then last week, Pastor David encouraged you to, to show thanks or give thanks to the Lamb by finding your spiritual gift and then using that gift to really bear fruit for the Lamb of God. And that really gives thanks and praise to His name as you use that gift to, to fulfill the purpose for what He created you. Well, today I want to encourage you to then give honor to the Lamb. I want to talk with you about some ways that you can honor Him as you live for Him here on this earth. As we begin, look at Mark chapter 13, beginning with verse 32. Jesus the Lamb is talking about, talking to us, and He's talking about when He's coming back. And He says, but about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch. Because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, says Jesus, I say to everyone, watch. I want to talk with you today about what it means to watch and how watching can give honor to the Lamb. You see, when God gives you responsibility over others, your responsibility always begins with you. You have to watch over yourself before you can watch over others. It's like this. I cannot be a leader of the church if I do not take responsibility to control my own life, to watch my own life, my thinking, my speaking, and my doing. And you cannot be a leader in your home or in this church if you don't take responsibility to control your own life, to watch over your own life, your thinking, your speaking, and your doing. To the elders of the church of Ephesus, Paul wrote this, take heed to yourselves. Paul writes this about himself. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, it's a fearful thing for a pastor. A fearful thing for me to think that I could spend my entire life preaching to others. But if I do not watch my own life. I could reach a point where Jesus the Lamb looks at me and says, you are disqualified, stand aside. I've got to find somebody to replace you. And that should be the thing that every Christian fears. 
Every Christian should fear being disqualified, being told to stand aside. You are out of the game. You are being replaced. You see, Jesus made you to know him, to love him, and to fulfill a specific purpose for him. So you should fear coming to a place where Jesus, the Lamb of God, who created you, who died for you, who has forgiven you and blessed you and cared for you over and over again all your life, where he finally has to come to a place where he has to say, you are disqualified, stand aside. I must replace you and put somebody else in your place to do what I planned for you to do from the beginning of time. Jesus the Lamb says, I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have, your faith. Hold on so that no one will take your crown. You see, Jesus puts you here for a purpose. He has a crown waiting for you. That crown is a reward for you doing what he put you here to do. But if you don't do what he's called you to do, his kingdom will still go on. His kingdom will still advance. But somebody else will replace you. Jesus is saying, don't disqualify yourself. Don't you dare let somebody else take your crown, get your reward. Folks, I don't want Jesus to have to tell me to stand aside because I was loose in my living. Because I didn't watch over my own lifestyle. Or because I, I didn't exercise control over my life. And therefore I fell into sinful living. And missed his will for my life. Now many people when they, when they get into a battle. Some physical battle. With a disease. A spiritual battle. Financial. Marital. When a battle comes many people give up and they quit. They're not committed to Jesus for the long haul. No matter what happens, they're not, they're not committed no matter what happens. They don't keep the faith. They don't finish the fight. Instead, they fade away from the faith and from the Lamb of God. Now, not all at once, but over time, they fade. They stop reading the Bible. They, they, they stop spending time in prayer. Little by little, they, they stop worshiping faithfully. They stop attending church. They stop serving. It's kind of like they fade. You, you see him and then you don't see him. Then after a while you see him and, and you don't see him. And that's because instead of taking heed of themselves, instead of watching over themselves, instead of inspecting their walk with the Lamb, when a battle comes into their life, they just turn and blame others for their battle. They blame their doctors, their pastors, their, their church family. They, they blame their job. They blame their teachers, their lenders, whomever, for their battles. And because they are only looking outward at others, blaming others, they are not looking inward. And because they're not watching inward and looking inward to see how they're doing with the Lamb, they begin to slowly fade in their connection with the Lamb. So I want to say to every person here today, don't live loose. 
Be careful how you live. Be careful about what you look at. Be careful about what you listen to. Be careful about what you give your attention to. Be careful about what you give your heart and your your passion to. Are they the pure things of the Lord? Or the impure things of this world? Jesus is saying, watch. Watch your life. Watch your standards. Watch your morality. Because it is so easy to begin to just erase the lines of the Lord. To begin crossing over the standards, the lines. To begin ignoring the lines that Jesus tells us in his word to not cross. It's so easy to erase those lines and cross those lines. And pretty soon there's no difference between the old you and the new you. Because you've returned to many of the old things that Jesus once set you free from. So Jesus is saying, watch your life. Don't live loose as a Christian. You see, I've watched and some people used to worship God in church every week, faithfully. What a concept. But what happened? Some people used to serve God with great joy and passion. Some used to give to God generously. What happened? What happens to so many is this. When Satan tempts them, when life gets hard for them, they fade from the lamb and they give up the fight. They stop fighting the enemy of their souls and instead they give in to him. They stop watching over their lives. They stop watching if their lives are lining up with the word of God. They stop watching if their lives are acceptable and pleasing to the Lamb of God. Many of you know the parable of the seed and the sower. And in that parable, you learn that three out of the four seeds that were planted didn't make it. They didn't survive. Three out of the four seeds all started off great, but they didn't make it. Three out of the four seeds fell away. Three out of the four seeds didn't endure the troubles of life and didn't finish the fight. Listen close now. It's possible to start out really good with the lamb. It's possible to be truly connected with Jesus the lamb. It's possible to truly love him and follow him and to be in good soil, the good fellowship soil of the people of the church with others who are following him. But it's still possible then to begin to slowly wither. You're in the midst of those that are growing and loving and serving the Lord. But it's possible for you to begin to wither and shrink spiritually. To give up and to begin to fade spiritually. Folks, I've now been in full-time pastoral ministry for over 37 years. And I've seen so many people accept the Lamb into their lives as Savior and Lord and follow Him faithfully no matter what happened in their lives, no matter what battle they faced, no matter what trouble came into their lives. They never gave up. They never faded because they watched their lives and they honored God with their lives. And yet in this same period of time, I've seen far more 
who started out strong and then withered. Then fell away because they didn't watch their lives. And they walked away from the land and entered into the world of sinful living. It's Jesus who is saying to us today, watch. You don't know the day or the hour that I am coming back. So you had better watch. You see, you can fall away. You can fade. You can disconnect from Jesus. It can happen to me if I don't watch my life. It can happen to you if you don't watch over your life. You can unplug from the lamb. You can disconnect from the lamb. And you can lose your faith. I've seen so many fall away. You can lose your family. You can lose your friends. So don't play around with sin. Don't play around with the lust of the eyes. With the lust of the flesh. With the pride of life. Jesus says, watch your life diligently. And I love this picture. <laughs> Jesus is saying, really, peer into your life. Really take a close look. Honor the Lamb by giving Him a life that lines up with His Word. So how do you do that? What, what do you need to watch to really give honor to the Lamb? Well, write this down. First of all, watch your words. The W in the word watch stands for words. Now, you and I know that words are powerful. Words can build up or tear down. Words can encourage or they can discourage. Words can mend a heart or murder a heart. Words are more powerful than you think. The Bible says this, the tongue has the power to give life or cause death. Your words are more powerful than you think. And that's why the Bible says everyone should be quick to listen, but slow to speak. We need to watch our words. So stop and think before you speak, or you may find yourself wishing you could take back the words that just left your lips. <laughs> be honest, anybody ever been there? You may be ashamed of the words that you just let fly out of your mouth. Maybe you'll feel like this picture. Like, oh man, what have I done? Your words have the power to tear down, discourage, and murder. Your tongue has the power to give life or take life. So watch your words. The Bible says if you've been foolish in honoring yourself or if you have planned wrongdoing, put your hand on your mouth. In other words, if you start telling people how great you are and building yourself up, or if you start telling somebody how you'd like to hurt so-and-so, just put your hand on your mouth. <laughs> just stop it. Your words are powerful. They can mend or they can murder. If you want to really honor the Lamb of God, we've got to come to a place where we watch our words. That our words are the kind that mend and build and lift and encourage. Amen? That's one way to give honor to the Lamb. Your words are powerful. Next, watch your attitudes. The A in the word watch stands for attitudes. If we want to honor the Lamb, we've got to watch our attitudes. And folks, you can choose your attitude. You can choose to be up or down. 
You can look at life as a glass half full or a glass half empty. You can choose to be positive or negative. You can choose to be happy or angry. Watch your attitude. Put on a happy face like this one. <laughs> In the midst of a world where people are discouraged and down and depressed, you need to be the one with the happy face because Jesus is in your life. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be rosy in your life. It doesn't mean you're not going to have troubles and struggles and battles in your life. We all do. That's the, that's the human experience. Jesus said, in this world, you will have troubles. But also in this world, you can have the indwelling lamb in your life. And you know that you're going to overcome it all in the end. Amen. And so you can choose to have joy knowing the end of the story and knowing the lamb is on your life, working in your life. Now, some people go to college to earn a B.A. Some just have one. <laughs> I thought that was funny. <laughs> B.A., bad attitude. But listen, there's nothing worse than a bunch of mean, angry, bad attitude Christians. How are we supposed to draw people to the love of Jesus if those of us who profess to belong to him demonstrate unloving attitudes. You know, some Christians go around just angry and mean and they think they're doing Jesus a great job. And when they walk up to somebody and say, when are you going to give your life to Jesus so you don't go to hell? Don't you want to go to heaven? Probably those that are listening say, no, if I got to be like you, no way. Jesus said by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Paul said, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. We've got to choose to put on a happy face, to put on an uplifting attitude, to put our trust in Jesus to help us through the junk of life. And as he does, choose to be happy knowing that he has a work going on in your life, that he's there with you, helping you and carrying you. Watch your attitude. Rejoice in all things. Next. Then watch your temptations. The T stands for temptations. If you're going to watch over your life, you've got to watch and control those areas where you're most tempted. Where the tempter always seems to come back again and again and again. Because the tempter, you just got to know, is after you. He's after you, and he will never stop coming after you. And more temptations are on their way to you. That's a fact. A young man went to, the, to an older man in his church, and he said, you know, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really being tempted. I'm really battling temptation. And he said to this older man in the church, how long do you have to battle temptation? And the older man said, well, I really don't know. I'm, I'm just 80. <laughs> In other words, you battle temptation till you die. The tempter's always on your case. Folks, as long as you're on this earth and in this body, you're going to be tempted. It will never end. He will never stop trying to turn you away from Jesus the Lamb. That's his goal. That's his mission. Now, there's all kinds of temptations. There's some good temptations. There's some bad temptations. Here's a pretty good temptation. Amen? A little chocolate's good for everybody. So if chocolate is in moderation, it's not sinful to have some good chocolate. Amen. Come on. I'm a Don't you love chocolate? It's awesome. So there's some there's some good temptations out there. 
But watch those temptations that tempt you to turn away from Jesus and his word. That tempt you to line up your life with this world and its thinking instead of the word of God. So you're going to be tempted all your life to quit on Jesus. To sin against the ways of Jesus. To look at things you shouldn't look at. To listen to things you shouldn't listen to. To get drunk. To gamble. To have sex outside of marriage. To commit adultery inside of marriage. To use drugs. You're going to be tempted in one of those ways or maybe several of those ways in your lifetime. So watch your temptations because it can cost you everything if you fade and give in. In West Texas, I just learned this week, farmers are experiencing more rattlesnake bites than they have in decades. And they can't figure out why. The only thing they're beginning to understand is that maybe this is what happened. Decades ago, wild hogs were imported into West Texas. And now, now they have overbred. They're everywhere. And wild hogs have really poor vision. But they have tremendous abilities to hear and to feel vibrations. And over the years, they've also developed an immunity against rattlesnakes. So they live on, they eat rattlesnakes. So over time, they believe that when the hogs would hear a rattlesnake begin to rattle, it would immediately turn to the rattle, even though they couldn't see the snake very well. They would turn to the rattle, go after it, and eat the snake. But also over time, the snakes have gotten smarter. Now, when they feel threatened, they no longer, in that area of the country, use their rattles. When they feel threatened, they no longer use their rattles. So typically, if you're about to be bitten by a rattlesnake, you hear a rattle, you're, they're threatened, you're threatened, you back up, you get out of the way. But no longer in West Texas is that happening. Now, there is no warning. If you get close to a rattler, the first thing he's going to do is bite you. And as I thought about that, I thought, what a message. The Bible says this in Ecclesiastes, a snake may bite him who breaks through a wall. So listen, sometimes as Christians, we push past walls that Jesus says don't go past. We push past standards and convictions and we say, well, I didn't hear any warning signs. I must not really be in danger, so I'm going to go ahead and go to that party. I'm going to go back to that internet site. I'm going to not show everything on my taxes. I guess I can get drunk and sleep with that person. And I'm, and we just go on and on. I don't hear anything rattling. There's really no danger signs. It looks like I'm getting away with it. But listen, folks, maybe... Just maybe the snake is so smart. Maybe the tempter is so smart that he's just waiting for you to get deeper and deeper into your sin, further and further away from the lamb and closer and closer to him, that when you feel like you are not in any danger, when you feel like you can get away with anything you want to get away with, it's then that he will sink his fangs into your life. And it will be too late for you to fix it. You will have been bitten. And when that happens, you are in real trouble. Some people say it like this way. Sin fascinates and then it assassinates. Sin thrills 
and then it kills. When you walk past walls, when you go past standards that God has given to his followers in his word, there will come a time when the snake will bite. So listen close. You may feel like nothing is rattling, that nothing is happening, that you are fine, that you can control whatever you're into, even though you know you're going past the standards of God. But even though it's not rattling, it doesn't mean that it's not deadly. Watch your temptations. Now listen closer. No matter what your temptations, Jesus says, I have overcome them all. The Bible tells us that Jesus was tempted in every way that we are tempted, and yet he did not sin. He's overcome everything that we'll ever be tempted with. And when you have Jesus in you, you can overcome anything the tempter throws at you. Amen? But you've got to let him have full reign in you. And when you let him have full reign in every part of your house, every part of this human temple, he will give you the power to resist. Jesus can set you free. So watch your temptations because they can cost you everything. Next, watch your character. The C in the word watch stands for character. Character means that you do things like you pay your bills. <laughs> character means that you tell the truth. Character means that you keep your promises. Character means that you do your best for others. But sometimes we don't show that Christian character. We don't always have the character of Christ. But this is my question. What if your true character showed? <laughs> what if you had to walk around each time you told a lie or you didn't keep your promises like Pinocchio? <laughs> Looking like Pinocchio. Watch your character. Aren't you glad God doesn't do that to us? <laughs> watch your character. And last, watch your household. If you want to honor the Lamb, watch your household. You know, the most valuable thing that you have in this life, other than Jesus, is your family. Your husband, your wife, your children, your extended family. They are worth more than any amount of money you could ever earn. They are worth more than any title that you could ever achieve. They are worth more than, than the achievement that you so desire to make. They are worth more than any possession you could ever hold in your hands. So watch your household. Parents, it's not your job to be your kid's best friend. That is not your job. Parents, it's your job to be watchful parents who teach godliness, who model godliness, who lead them towards godliness by watching over every step, every day of their lives. And that they might invite Christ into their lives so that they might produce the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. So they might fulfill the purpose for which Jesus created their lives. That's your job. Your job is more, more great and just providing clothes and, and food and education and some fun experiences in the family. Your job is far greater than that. Your greatest job is to raise up another godly generation. It's to help them connect with the Lamb personally. Your job is to help them stay then close to the Lamb. Your job is to help them get their name written for all eternity in the book of the Lamb. Amen? 
That's your job. The world says it's, it's jobs, it's education, it's clothes, it's looks, it's, it's status, it's degrees. And some of that's fine in mod- moderation. We've got to do some of that. But this is your real job. The Bible says this, when Abram heard that one of his family had been taken away captive, he led 318 men who had been born in his house and whom he had taught to fight. They went after them as far as Dan. In this story, a boy in Abraham's family was kidnapped. And so what did Abram do? He pursued his captors and he brought that boy back. Here's another scripture, another story. The Bible says when David and his men came to Ziglog, the Amalekites had destroyed Ziglag and burned it with fire. David and his men came to the city and saw that it was burned. Their wives and sons and daughters had been taken away. The Lord said to him, go after them. So David and the 600 men who were with him went out and came to the river of Besor. Then David took back all that the Amalekites had taken and saved his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or large, sons or daughters, food or anything that had been taken. David returned with all of it. In this story, David's family was now kidnapped. And he went after the captors and he brought back his family. Listen, the Bible says this, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Your job is, first of all, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ so that you will be saved. Your second job is to watch over your household, your family, so that they might be saved. In other words, I like to say it this way, hold your household like this. Hold it up in front of your face. Hold it carefully. Hold it close. Watch it carefully. Protect your children from the kidnapper, the devil. And if your kids have been taken captive by sin, like David and like Abram, in the name of Jesus, go after them and bring them back. Amen? Go after them. Hell may have deceived them. Hell may have snatched them, but in the name of Jesus, the mighty Lamb of God, you go after them and you bring them back. And you say, well, how can I do that? Well, one of the most powerful weapons you can use to bring them back is the power of prayer. Nothing is more powerful than a praying mom or dad or grandma or grandpa who are interceding for their kids. And there's nothing that the devil hates more than prayer. Because he knows that our God hears our prayers, that our God answers our prayers, and that he will have to let go of our children when we pray. He knows he has to flee. So your job is to watch over your kids and to pray for your kids. So parents, that means when that boy comes over to your house to pick up your daughter, you watch him. You don't smile. When he comes in the door, you just look at him and you just... You just watch him. When your kids come home from a ball game, you watch them. Before you let them jet up to their bedroom, you say, come here. Let me smell your breath. Let me look in your eyes. That's not extreme, parents. That's keeping a watch over your precious kids. That is not being a dictator. That's being a dad. Amen? That's being a dad. That's what a dad does. A dad gets up in all of their business. Who is this? What is his number? Who are his parents? Where are you going? What will you be doing? You don't just say, go out and have a good time, honey. Know what's happening. That is called watching over your household. And all of God's parents said, amen. Amen. 
So listen close. As we close this series, every man, every woman, every household needs to be connected to Jesus the Lamb. To be giving thanks to Him by spending their lives bearing fruit for Him. And every man and every woman and every house needs to be giving honor to the Lamb by watching over their lives. By watching their words, their attitudes, their temptations, their character, and their household. Jesus is saying to you and to me, this church family this morning, He's saying, watch. I am coming back soon. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. So it is time for us to watch. Watch. Let's pray.